This is a podcast about how to talk to people you don't agree with. I'm Georgia Twig. Welcome. This is episode three. In this episode, we're going to be talking about preparing yourself for the conversations. We're going to be talking about strategies for before, during and after the moment of the conversations. And before that, we're going to talk about why you are choosing to have this conversation. By this, I mean taking time to consider why are you choosing to engage in this moment? Do you have an opportunity to choose or has this conversation happened to you? Who are you in relation to the other person? And is this a particular fight that you want to have? And if so, making some choices around how you're going to do that effectively. The strategies are going to be about grounding yourself and keeping safe and they're all very simple everyday things that you can do easily. I hope you enjoy the episode and that you find it useful. So let's get started. Episode three. So in terms of why you're having a conversation, um, if you're campaigning door to door, you're probably hoping to change someone's mind. If you're just trying to have a better relationship and trying to have a better conversation with family or friends, you might not be wanting to explicitly change that person's mind in that moment. You have a long invested relationship with that person but you might be hoping to sow a little seed of change somewhere deep in the soil of their psyche and hope that it will germinate Mm -hmm. over time. And then your further conversations might be watering or fertilizing that seed. You might be hoping for that for them, for your relationship. So before you go into your conversations, if you're going to choose this practice, choose times when you're going to do it, if you can, because going in, you can then ground yourself You can take some moments to think about why it is you want this person to change. Do you want them to change for their good, for your good, for the good of a group, for the good of the country? Knowing why and in what direction you want them to go is very useful. Yeah, you can, and so, yeah, preparing yourself, basically, you you would need to think about what it is you want. And there are two ways to do it. So to explicitly want to change their mind or to just want to get on better. For the conversation. So if you have the luxury of knowing, so if you know that you're gonna go doorstepping, door knocking, ground yourself, talk to your friends, Prepare yourself with some grounding objects to carry with you, I would say that. Um, Like, I've got rings that I like to wear. Um, You can put something in your pocket, a little piece of quartz or a shell from the beach, something that someone gave you. And have have yourself prepared for what's gonna happen after you have the conversation, if you can. A space to go to, uh, a WhatsApp group to offload to, quiet time on your own, time with friends, something like that. 
Um, if you're going to do something that's a lot more emotional and intense, like you're going to have a conversation with a family member about something long held, then give yourself plenty of time afterwards. Think about the space you're going to have the conversation in if you can. Um, even think about like maybe what you've eaten before. Don't have a really strong coffee before you do it because that makes me feel like I'm going to have a conversation, an intense conversation, even if I'm not. Set your intention, ground yourself, think of some ways to look after yourself. So in the moment of the conversation, here are some basic strategies that you can try. Uh, so one thing is to hold something, like I think every coat I have does have a piece of quartz or a little toy in it. So you can have that and you can hold that whilst you're having a conversation. Piece of jewellery is often a, a big one. Um, wearing some clothing that helps you feel held. One thing that you can do is if somebody is raging at you and you feel like things have got out of control and you can't get out of there straight away, is to just look at the person and think about their physical appearance in an objective way. So sorry for staring directly at you, right in front of me. Yeah. So just be like, glasses, gold earrings, black hair, sitting down. And you just think these things through and try not to attach value to them. Don't try and make it like this man with his face and his brown hair, you know, just trying, I'm not looking at anyone there, I just looked into a void, I don't want anyone to feel bad. So that helps you stay present, it stops you zoning off and going somewhere totally out of the space, that person sees that you stay present with them, but it's not as direct as staring into their eyes, and it, it just sort of helps strike a balance between present but detached and just gives you a little bit of space to feel really pragmatic and rooted to the moment. So it's something that you can use, for example, if somebody, that, that comes from if, if like somebody's dissociative, you might ask them to ground themselves in the surroundings. So you can also go to surroundings if you want. You could go like glass walls, possibly a fig tree, white chairs, and then you can just bring yourself back if you're starting to, if things are starting to get intense and you're feeling your face flushing like crazy. And also, if it's just getting really difficult, you owe it to yourself to look after yourself. You don't owe anybody a huge amount of personal misery and emotional distress to yourself. So just remember that you can leave. And if it's a messy leave, if it's a messy ending, so be it. Sometimes you just got to go. And that's that. Another thing you can do in that moment, if you want to ground yourself, is to try and find the nice thing. You can come back to your affirmations and try and try and get some warmth and positivity and see if there's something like in all this raging, or if somebody's just being really difficult, you can say like, find the positive thing and try and bring it back to that. If they won't listen to you, I would say just walk out. But if you can say, this feels like it's got out of hand. Whatever's right for the person, like toe matching, like, if you say, you're obviously out of control, I'm going to leave. Then you might, <laughs> yeah, punch in the face. But if you say, um, look, I, I, th I, don't, I, think this is, I think this is getting worse for both of us and I don't want it to, so I'm just gonna leave now and I'll, I will speak to you later, if that's possible. If it's really 
bad and you feel like, do you know what, what I've learned in this conversation is that I can't do anything about this, this at all, then you can just get out of there. I think the conservatives did um, a piece of research into how changeable people's minds were. And they found doing a scan of everybody's nectar points and everybody's Facebook statuses and this huge data trawl that 44% of the population were definitely never going to change their minds. And so they had that in mind when they were campaigning for the last general election that um, on average, just under 50% of people, it was not worth trying to engage with for them. And so they just cut them off in terms of resources. So you can think, you know, if you really feel like it's not happening, um, maybe that's, you can just chalk that up to somebody who's, you're never going to get there, and so it's okay to go and to look after yourself. And know that that person is going to calm down eventually. You not, might not be in the room, but they'll, they will calm down eventually and think about what you said about do they want to come back to it. They might apologise. You don't know. Not everyone's got access to the same training I had, which was to have conversation after conversation after conversation with highly paranoid people, uh, who, if you condescend them, you'll know about this, uh, you feel it super hard, and that person uh, will flag it up in a second. There's words that you can strip out and words that you can put in. Maybe I should make a list of words that don't work. Yeah, should, shall, ought to, you... So lots of, actually, we does work a bit more. So like, we're going to look at such and such a thing. And then if you could let me know how you feel about that, that'd be great. It's something to work on and to, based on the person that you've got in front of you, try and work out what they're going to find a bit annoying. Some people would like a little joke in there. Some people are not going to like that at all. Some people... Um, are going to want to feel like you're really listening to them and other people would rather you were almost as if it's incidental what they're saying. So they don't want loads of scrutinizing attention on what they're saying. So it is, it's just, it's a soft skill. It's a soft skill that takes time. Don't be scared to really, really listen to the person you're having the conversation with. I think we get taught to hold our belief, the thing that we have, like our sense of self, so closely to us because we're terrified of our sense of, of ourself being obliterated. And we should be a bit scared of that because it's very bad for our psyche to lose all sense of self. But at the same time, be, don't be so worried that everything that they're saying will alter, it will change you to an extent because you'll learn about them, but you have to be there for that change for it to happen between the two of you and you need to be there to learn about each other. And if you're not racist or homophobic or um, Islamophobic or sexist, there is a really high chance that that's not going to change by talking to somebody who is any of those things. So you can have a sense of security that you can hear what they're saying. You don't have to agree with it, but you can treat it as exploratory. And yes, those things are definitely not... They're, they're bad. They are... I, would, I, would, I know that like, nothing is objectively good or bad, but I would say those are bad. For me, they are. Um, but those people aren't going to journey outside of those prejudices. 
until they feel like there's a bit of a space for them to journey out of it. And I would say everyone I've... Unfortunately, mental health, something that comes out hugely is all of these phobias and isms, and they seem to cause people so much pain, um, which is very interesting. Well, it's not interesting, it's just, it's what you should expect, isn't it, when you think about it. Being needlessly angry at people for nothing would cause you pain. Why, why, why do they cause them pain? Because they have a lot of pain. Well, if you're, if you think about, like, to be hugely homophobic, for example, um, where that comes from a fear, but it's not a necessary fear. And um, it can be like sort of a threat. It, can, it feels like a threat, I think, to that, to that person who's holding that belief. Um, and so if, I mean, this is in the specific context of people being quite unwell mentally. Um, it, it's just another thing to be hugely afraid of. And often people will have a deep-seated one of these um, prejudices that, that does come out. Um, and for, for whatever reason in their, their history or their life, they, they, it's developed and it's often a, a huge source of pain for that person. I'm going to move on to after the conversation, looking after yourself. A lot of that was covered in the preparation bit, which is have yourself a message group. I have a friend that I text, well, I looked and we have something like over 6,000 texts stored in my phone and I know that I deleted our conversation like a year ago or something, so there's, you know, somebody that you can like live journal to, you know, if that's possible. You can start up a specific group for venting if you want to. I really use my phone a lot, obviously, so um, that's the way to do it. Um, you could... <laughs> You know, find hobbies that help you let off steam. So you have to look after yourself. If you want to do, if you want to invest in work, like having these conversations with people, then you have to invest in yourself. You won't be able to do anything um, this holding or transformative if you don't make sure that you feel great relatively regularly at some point, enjoying something, doing ceramics, going for a dance, doing some yoga, getting a good night's sleep, drinking lots of water, uh, eating a whole box of strawberries, whatever it is that you want to do. You have to, and this is the thing that increases, that I think is the, the capitalist, Protestant work ethic thing of, of like, if you're having a good time, then you're not working hard, is so destructive. It causes burnout. It's an absolute nightmare. And you must, you must actively and forcefully go against it if you want to be able to then be somebody who's also active and involved in activism or involved in these sorts of transformative conversations. If you feel happy and relaxed most of the time, that's going to make you so much more effective just all the time. That's almost a complete aside. Like you, You've got to... As an occupational therapist, the thing I do mostly is find occupations or activities for people to do that enhance their well-being. And ideally, I always want people to be at the top of the taxonomy of needs, the triangle. You've got like food, relationships, shelter, and then at the very top, you've got self-actualization. 
which is activities that you do that let you become, they let you blossom and flourish. So please never feel guilt about pursuing those activities. And try and maybe wish that as like, you know, a positive meditation for these people that you're talking to. Hope that they find something that helps them flourish and become instead of being angry or defensive. So yes, find a way to look after yourself. Um, talk to friends, have a nice time, get enough sleep, stay hydrated. See it as a, pra as a second practice. See it as something that you deserve. It's your inherent right as an existing creature on this earth. And that was episode three. Thank you for listening. I hope the strategies are useful and relevant. The next episode, episode four, is going to look at contexts, so where we actually use these strategies, and we're going to consider how it might be useful in our everyday lives. Thanks again to Jerwood Space for the recording and to Keep It Complex for producing this podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>